This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's poppin', practitioners? Hey, hey. So, okay, I'm super excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. I don't actually know any people that are this. I know one. I, I'm i not convinced, and he listens, so I'm going to go ahead and say it because I've also said it to his face. I'm not convinced that our dad is not an eight. So um, I could see it, but I could also see where he's a one. So um, I, I actually can't because when when I look at our dad's actions, yes, he's a one. But when I hear him talk... It sounds like he's an eight. Uh, well, and specifically about why he responds certain ways, no, he's it sounds like definitely an eight. An eight. It's, it does. It, it It's one of those weird things, but... Um, so... I hate to, to to go on record saying this, but I'm just going to say it. Actually, I don't hate to say it. Um, the Eclectic Energies test online I have recently found is just awful. I won't say it's awful. I just don't think that Enneagram tests are helpful. As we've been, what, eight weeks or a few weeks before, so about 10 weeks now, studying the Enneagram, like really in-depth, looking yeah. for resources and things. I just don't think tests are helpful for the Enneagram because they don't ask you why you do something. They ask you what you do. And for our conversation today, ones, threes, and eights can all do the exact same action, Mm. but their reason for choosing to do it are radically different. Well, something that I've been looking at too in in the same vein is why twos and sixes can look so similar. Mm, Yeah. Right? Because they're not an connected in any triad yeah but they do look very similar or they can yeah but the 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 fundamental difference between them is their motivation yeah right one is motivated by fear and the other is motivated by validation yeah right um and so the things that twos and sixes do look very similar they do and so what it comes down to is why you do what you do not what you do and that is one thing that distinguishes the eight, the nine, and the one. Yep. Um, they all do very similar things or can. Um, and so the eights, though, they're a different animal, man. <laughs> the the eights are... They're a different animal. They are super cool. Yeah. An unhealthy eight could easily be called a bully, mm. but a healthy eight or even an average eight they're not a bully. In fact, they're the people that stand up to the bully. Which is actually kind of the story that that Morgan opens up with in the, the chapter three, but the type eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really good story. So to summarize it, they're sitting at their family dinner table, and they have a guest over, one of their neighbors. And he's got a 13-year-old son, and his 13-year-old son begins to talk about something that he heard on NPR. What the son didn't know is most of their friends were politically conservative and didn't like anything that NPR had to say. So 
their dinner guest proceeds to Spout. insult, yeah, just speak nonsense about NPR. Something about a pit bull having a right to carry a gun in the dog park. <laughs> yeah, like that it's only for latte drinking, skinny jean wearing people. like Clove just, cigarette smoking hipsters. Yeah, just like said. very strange things happening here, right? And as this bully, this grown man is bullying this 13-year-old with these comments, Ian's 22-year-old daughter is across the table. She's a senior at a pretty prominent college. And she boldly and yet politely begins to challenge this man's narrative. Mm. And as Ian tells the story, um, he shuts it down. She gets the last word and politely says, could you please pass the salt? The salt. That's so, right. um, what she says. So after Ian steps in, um, she says, sir, do us all a favor and have a point the next time you shoot your mouth off. She yep. said, finishing the man off with a stinging <laughs> flourish and then unfolded her napkin and returned it to her lap. Would you please pass the salt? She said, licking her paws. <laughs> yeah. And notice lots of times when you think about eights, it's like a self-preservation. Yeah. It's not. It's a battle against injustice. She watched someone bully someone in a place of vulnerability, that person being her nine-year younger little brother, and she said, I can't stand for this. I've got to take up for the person who can't speak for themselves. Yeah. And so I do love that about the eights. They, they are a justice-minded number. Mm -hmm. They want goodness and they are willing to be quite confrontational in order to get it. Well, in in that same vein, some of the famous eights that we get from the road back to you are Martin Luther King Jr. Ooh. Um, Muhammad Ali, uh, Angela Merkel, right? Um, so MLK, very obviously confrontational for justice. Yeah. Right. So I've got Theodore Roosevelt in there as well. I get that. I've got, oh, I've got a lot of people in here, and I'm just now reading these people for the first time. I'm going to just throw these out there. Guys, let us know in the community group if you think these are good eights or not, because I'm about to say some names that I'm not super comfortable with, because I think this person is a challenger, but I don't know that they're challenging injustice. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump. So I actually thought earlier when... Before you and I hit the record button, I thought about Trump. Uh, that guy's having a rough go of it this week. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> he's been having a rough go at it for the last four years. Um, and maybe if, never mind, this isn't political. <laughs> this is not a political podcast. But, but um, <clears throat> I actually thought that maybe he could be an eight. Maybe, but I've also got on here Johnny Cash, John Wayne, Will Chamberlain, Morgan Freeman, Ernest Hemingway. So hmm. that's one I got to think about. Yeah, I need to think about that one as well. I also need to think about John Wayne. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. Oh, I'm that. totally giving over to that one. Oh, uh, maybe. You know, our grandmother, our our grandmother, 
at one point in her life knew him. Her being, great grandmother. Yeah, yeah, being next door neighbor. Yeah, which and, is um, why some of those stories that I've heard, I'm thinking maybe not an eight. Oh no! All the ones that I've heard are absolutely an extremely unhealthy eight. What stories have you heard? All that I heard was he was a drunk. It was mean. Yeah, that's what I heard too. But that could be anyone. That does well. Well, not I, anyone, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an eight. Fair, but it could combine that with his character that he always played. It kind of makes sense. The characters he typically played might more represent threes. No, most of the time he was a cop. Well, but threes could be cops, but he's like... They could be, but... Like he was the sheriff in some town, some no-name town. Challenging injustice. Sure. Sure. But working to no end to meet that goal. Let us know where you fall in the John Wayne debate. Let us know where you fall in the Donald Trump debate. And just because I'm curious... Let us know if you like John Wayne. I actually like John Wayne movies when I, I was love, a kid. I love John Wayne movies. I'll be honest, I hadn't watched one in like maybe 10 years. Yeah, Rio Bravo is still one of my favorite westerns. Ooh, yeah. El Dorado is also very, it's basically the same movie, but. but <laughs> <laughs> he only had one look. <laughs> okay. The Cowboys was also really good too. Yeah. Okay, so the besetting sin of eights is lust. The underlying emotion is guilt and their survival strategy, which is yielded from both of those things is I must be strong and in control. And when we talk about the, the eights deadly sin, I think it's important to, to clarify that lust is not used in the traditional sense. Correct. Uh, it is used more as, um, so the, the way that, that Ian talks about it is that, the deadly sin of eight is lust, but not in the sexual sense. Eight's lust after intensity. They are high-voltage human uh, dynamos who want to be wherever the action and energy are. Right. These are the people yep. that, that lust after, um, and for lack of better words, excitement. Well, um, I, and I think part of it is is an eight learned at a very young age for right, wrong, or indifferent that the strong win. Mm. And so if they didn't want to be dominated, they they had had to be the dominator. Yeah, exactly. And so because of that, their, their lust is both for the domination but it's also that they would they would enter a world without injustice. Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 more like a righteous indignation kind of lust than uh, like a sexual way that we use lust now. But right, that's kind of beside the point. But it, I do think it's not beside the point because that needed to be clarified. Well, fair point. Yeah, that is true. But. Um, the lies that eights believe it's not okay to be weak and vulnerable. And because of that, you can't trust people. Mm. Eights have a severe trust problem as many numbers do. Um, and right, wrong or indifferent. Most of the time, our numbers that we live with are formed by the negative experiences of our life more than the positives. 
um, because they're based around us wanting what we didn't get or misinterpreting what we did receive. Um, and so for eights, it's like, I can't be vulnerable. I have to be strong. I have to be tough. I have to move along. Um, and actually when I read this chapter in the road back to you, I like wrote almost on every page, like, this is our dad. This is our dad. This is our dad. Because it just made more sense to think about him that way. Um, because he is that he sees the world black and white, just like a one does. Mm -hmm. But he also sees the world in one where dad never wants to be vulnerable. It's not to say he can't be, he doesn't and, want it. And he's a much more healthy eight now. And so oh, he's yeah. much more trusting and those kinds of things. He's definitely a much but, healthier human. But yeah, he it's not his comfort place to be vulnerable. And so with that, eights really struggle with that idea because it's the idea that if I'm vulnerable, I'm weak. And if I'm weak, I can be dominated. Mm. I can be on the low part of the power totem pole. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back to the whole eights fighting for justice thing, there's a quote here from Muhammad Ali that I just think is gold. You lose nothing when fighting for a cause. In my mind, the losers are those who don't have a cause to care about. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. And that just sounds very eight. Yeah. Um, it, it just really does. But um, that is just freaking good for everyone yeah um geez man yeah for sure whatever you're doing do it for a freaking reason yeah otherwise it's to to quote paul it's like you're hitting a gong right yeah. like it means nothing yep oh man i just love that we so just, yeah with this moving into our spiritual practices for formation The downstream practices for an eight, the ones that come easy to the eight because of who they are, they come naturally. Justice. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's Very glaring clear. you right in the face. Very clear. Eights want to be a people of justice. They want to be confrontational. Um, and they want to confront the injustices that are present in the world and they want to do so, uh, the eight, I don't know if we talked about it, they're actually called the challenger. Oh, yeah. Because they want to challenge the things that they see as injustice. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot um, over the past, I don't know, on and off, I guess, about a year. We take biblical characters and we either idolize them for something or we make them infinite, infamous for something. And majority of the times, they're one or two things, right? So we idolize King David for being like the king who everybody else is measured against and being the king who's called God or a man after God's own heart. Right. But yet we overlook just like the heinous things that he did. Yeah. Or on the flip side, we look at the doubt Thomas showed and gets the name Doubting Thomas while looking beyond his years of faithful service to Jesus. Yeah. So 
people become infamous for something or famous for something. And Peter gets known as the hothead. Mm-hmm. Is he a hothead or is he just an eight? Mm, that's a good point. Did he see injustices in the world that he didn't like that he responded against? Mm. I'm reminded of when Jesus is, when they try to arrest Jesus in the garden and he pulls his sword and chops the ear off the soldier. And Jesus's response is, Hey, maybe don't do that. Yeah. If you live by that sword, you'll die by that sword. Notice he didn't tell Peter to stop being a person of justice. Yeah. This is what he's doing. An innocent man is being arrested. Yeah. But he said, don't live by the sword. Which, oddly enough, Jesus earlier in the chapter tells them to pick up the sword. <laughs> so it's this kind of weird thing like, okay, do you want me to just carry it around for show? Or what, what am I doing here? So it is this weird thing. But I say all that to say, I think Peter might have just been an eight. Yeah. He, he found himself in a place where he saw injustice and he reacted very boldly. Justice is a core theme of who an eight is, and it's built around compassion, which is the second downstream practice of an eight, Right, is to be a person of compassion. Um, lots of times when we talk about caring for the needy, the vulnerable, those kinds of things, they their conversations around compassion and an eight, a two can have acts of compassion, right? They can care and they can be hospitable. They can help. But an eight, they also have compassion. They just do it in their own way. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's very healthy, very helpful for eights to just embrace that compassion, right? If you're a person that seeks justice and advocacy for the vulnerable, live in that compassion, that's okay. That's easy and that's healthy. That's good for you, for your formation, for your experience with God and his kingdom. Yeah. Now, here are the upstream practices that are not easy for the eight. And I can sympathize with one of these because it's also my upstream practice as a three. Remember, ones, threes, and eights can all do the same thing. Just why we do them are different. But first upstream practice, accountability. Mm. Eights have the tendency to be very bold and in your face, and they want to fight injustice. And so they get away with something or they do some things that we wouldn't let anybody else get away with. Yeah. But because their heart, we let them get away with it. But lots of times we need people to hold us accountable that says, hey, sometimes we get the image that Jesus braids a whip and flips the tables. But we get on and off three to three and a half years of his ministry. And we only get that story once. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the extremes of your justice and compassion aren't the best places to go or the best ways to handle this. Yeah. And accountability helps keep us kind of in, in line with where we are. And then the last one, the last upstream practice 
this is the one or this is the one that's also in my upstream that's very difficult for me and that's confession yeah eights end up for the same reason doing a lot of things um that they shouldn't they need to regularly practice the discipline of confession they must open up and be honest about their struggles and weaknesses in this way eight eights will learn their greatest secret when they're weak he is strong i think confession here for a three confession is more about owning our failures because threes we feel like we have to achieve and succeed and perform at everything and so confession is helpful because we have to own our failures and it allows us an opportunity to say hey um, jesus is perfect so i don't have to be yeah but at the same time, for an eight, it's to confess that I reacted in a way because I need to be strong. And actually, maybe the better place to be is that Jesus can be strong for me. Mm. And it's okay for me to be weak and meek at times. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's helpful for a lot of eights. Mm. Yeah, no. I think that's actually very true. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So the gospel eights need to believe. I do not have to be strong and in control because Jesus is my strength and he is in control. When I was weak and helpless, he used his perfect power to come to my aid and rescue me from my sin and false self. He has proven trustworthy and that his love for me is unconditional. This means I'm free to be vulnerable with God and others and boast all the more of my weaknesses without fear of being dominated or controlled for I am controlled with the love of Christ.